Holiday Let Success, episode number 10. The Definitive Guide to Holiday Let Success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Hello and welcome to Holiday Let Success. I'm your host, Elaine Watt. Now, social media for business and for holiday home owners, I think from what I've been reading in a lot of the forums, is an issue and which we don't always know how to move forwards. So I'm approaching a series of experts across the social media platforms who are going to come on the show and chat to us and try and give us some hints, tips, some real focus on how to use the social media platforms such as Pinterest, such as Twitter, such as Facebook, to our advantage and in the best way for holiday home owners. I've certainly read a series of posts about Facebook. A year in the social media world is a really long time, but you and I feel uh, as little as a year ago as holiday home owners. Facebook, we sort of knew what we were doing. You know, we had our nice page, lots of photos of our area, of our property, to really attract people and we started collecting likes, no problem. But now it's not quite the same. Your reach is getting smaller. It's more difficult to interact with people. And that's a conscious decision on the Facebook's part. So they, what we really need to do is learn how to go about using it for ourselves, for our businesses, and really what to do with the people once we get those likes, how to turn them into solid leads and contacts with whom we can then promote our property and our incredible holiday service, each of our own services too. So today I'm welcoming Valerie Shoopman onto the show. Valerie is an absolute angel. I've followed her online for some time and actually coming up, she is one of the huge, huge names that are part of Life on Fire, which is an online free summit by Nick Unsworth. Now I will link this up in the show notes so you can see the sort of work that Valerie does. But any moment now, we will go and listen to her chatting to me about some incredible Facebook strategies that you and I can implement as holiday homeowners, a lot of them quite quickly and with very little input monetary wise. And then she will teach us how to and where to invest our money and invest it wisely if we are deciding to go down the route of paying for Facebook ads. And then what on earth we do with those people and how we contact them after we've collected them as a like and got their interest in our place in our property. So we will move over, have a chat to Valerie now. There's some incredible piece of information here. I absolutely loved talking to her and head on over to holidayletsuccess.com and everything we discuss and the Nick Unsworth online free summit which Valerie is part of will all be linked up in the show notes I will look forward to chatting to you later thanks for listening okay now Valerie is the undisputed queen of Facebook she specializes in helping entrepreneurs and small businesses do more with less in social media marketing using strategies that effectively grow businesses by turning fans and followers into targeted leads and loyal customers. So as holiday homeowners, we're small business owners. So let's see if Valerie can help us start to understand exactly how we can use Facebook the right way to attract the right guests. Welcome, Valerie. How are you? I'm doing great, Elaine. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. It's so great to have you. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, no problem. Um, I've got this huge tech background, and that's how I actually got started. And then along the way, I started um, being pulled more and more into marketing. And then I started actually doing affiliate marketing and did Google AdWords back in like 2003 to 2007, 2008. And I actually got a, a Google grant for a nonprofit I was working for and got Google money uh, at the tune of, a month to start with um, to play with Google AdWords 
and that's where I got a lot of my ad training from. And then 2009, Facebook really uh, came on the scene, and I started into Facebook and then started into Facebook ads. And about 2012, 2013, I started solely focusing on Facebook ads, and um, that's where I'm at today solely doing Facebook ads and just living in that world day in and day out. Wow. So you have really got some amazing background there with that amount of budget to get going. I bet you learned a lot and learned fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's always better <laughs> when you're when you're being able to use um, someone else's money uh, to learn and test. And, you know, I mean, who better than Google to test on their own platform? Oh, absolutely. That sounds amazing, like an amazing experience. So Facebook is such a difficult place in lots of ways. Also, I think it can feel that way to holiday homeowners. I think I think maybe holiday homeowners like me, like our listeners, maybe started off thinking they were fairly comfortable, knew a little bit about what they were doing with Facebook, even you know, only a year ago, you know, creating a lovely page for people to visit, collecting likes. But then there's been so many changes to the algorithms, supposed to reaching less and less people who've liked our pages, a little bit less engagement. So I think small business owners and in our case, holiday homeowners start to feel a little bit lost. So what's the best way to start increasing that engagement and the likes that we've seen in the past? I mean, the absolute number one best way um, is to advertise. You know, I know people don't necessarily like to hear that because they've been doing it for free for so long, um, but that's just not working. Like you said, you know, they have changed things um, where the organic reach doesn't go as far and, you know, really the only way to be guaranteed that you can get engagement and be shown to your target audience is to to pay those advertising dollars. Now there there are pages that still have engagement and still have, you know, good reach, but they have massive audiences that they've built up over time and they have that strong um already in place. If you're starting out today, it's hard to get to that place without putting some advertising dollars behind it. Right. I understand. So with that in mind, where do you think, how do you think people do that spend? How do they spend that money? Is it on trying to get more likes or is there a specific formula that you can get any tips on getting more likes on an individual post or it does that really have to be paid as well well you know as far as on individual posts for likes comments and shares um, one of the biggest biggest things you can do is just ask you know ask people to share and I when I think of your audience I think of you know how page owners could ask the people that have um, rented their their holiday homes to take pictures of them there, you know, and tell about their experiences and let um, those people that have experienced it help spread the word, you know, and and really help it go viral with that word of mouth marketing. Um, That would be the number one way I I would approach it if I was in their position to, um, you know, really encourage and ask and follow up with those good people that have um, had that experience, take those pictures, tag themselves so their friends see it, and you just really want to build that buzz and excitement around the experience and then share it with others. Amazing. So my takeaway from that, that's that's such a good idea, my takeaway from that is to to from the start just make sure that as holiday homeowners you've got an amazing relationship with your customers and then you're in a position like Valerie suggests to be able to ask them to share their experience and sharing it on Facebook with a video a photo those are great ideas thanks Valerie amazing sure absolutely (laughs) and I I just want to jump in real quick and tell a little story that I've had Um, you know here in the states where I'm at Yes, we don't please. necessarily call it the holiday home rental. We 
we call it vacation home rental. And there are a couple of sites. I'm not sure if you're aware of them or not. Um, but one is homeaway.com and the other one is vacation, um, rental by owner. It's VRBO. And yep. both of those are great sites, but HomeAway I have utilized extensively for the last four or five years. My younger son lives in Hawaii. And so what I do is I go on Home Away and find a, um, a a rental, a vacation rental that we can stay in. And I have had such good luck doing that. And I go through all the reviews. That's, you know, I find the place in the price range. And then the next thing I do is go look at all the reviews. So I think the reviews are huge. And then what I really wanted to, to hit on here was this relationship that I've developed with one lady um, that she has a condo on Oahu and a private beach. I mean, it's like gorgeous, beautiful, and she is so nice and so accommodating that, um, you know, I will go back there over and over again. But we've really developed a relationship. And when I was there, I was, you know, taking pictures. It's Hawaii, so it's great to take pictures. Yeah. I'm taking pictures, and, and I tagged her, and I – I started recommending it to my friends and how nice she was and how nice her property was and all of those things. So so not only am I sane to do this, I've experienced it and I've done it from the, the you know, person wanting to rent the vacation home. Um, so it's definitely possible. And, I mean, it's amazing what happens and, and how much that word gets out. And one of the pictures I took of her condo from out, on the ocean. Um, she was like, that is better than any picture I've ever taken myself. Can I use it in my advertising? I was like, of course. So though, you know, that's the deepness of an, a, a relationship that you can have that can further um, spread the word and the message about how the experience can be. And I would, def- excuse me, definitely focus on the experience. That is such, such good advice. And to hear it that you've actually been through it from the customer or the guest side of things as well, that just um, really gives a lot of food for thought, I think. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh, you're welcome. So now, say we're starting to take a bit of your advice. We've done put some of these awesome tips into into place with our Facebook page. And we started to maybe get a bit more engagement, a few more likes. Um, how can we then think about turning those likes into to leads for our businesses? Yeah, I think that is the number one thing. That's my favorite thing to use Facebook for and Facebook ads for is that lead gen and getting them from Facebook onto your email list. And I think that's a place where a lot of people actually fall down. You know, they don't have a system, a funnel in place to make that happen. And what I always tell people is you've got to know that even though you've got likes and fans and engagement on Facebook, you don't own any of, uh, uh, you know, those likes. You don't, you can't take them with you. Once you get them on your email list, then that's your list. You can take them to whatever platform you want, however you want, and continue to build that relationship with them. But, you know, if Facebook goes away tomorrow, then everything you've done to this point will just go away if you haven't gotten them onto your own uh, property, your own list. So that's the key thing. And to be able to do that, what you need to do is set up what I call a funnel where you have some type of lead magnet. And what I mean by a lead magnet is that you have something that is of such value for your potential customers, your potential clients, that they're willing to give their name and email address for it. So it might be, um, for your audience, it might be, you know, what to look for in a vacation rental or a holiday home. Um, what type of, um, what's available, you know, what's possible. I, I amazed over and over again when I tell people about my experiences with the vacation rentals, because um, I've done it five times now, they're like, oh, my God, that's so much better than a hotel. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there are still so many people that don't have any idea that that even exists or that's a possibility. So I think education is a part of it. You know, the what's possible. 
possible. And then what to expect, how to find um, this, you know, how to do the research how like I said I go through all the reviews and and check what people are actually saying about the property because you know the the truth is the pictures can be taken years ago and then you get to the property and it looks nothing like the pictures so it's always good to have those more recent reviews and more recent um, photos you know I I know it's ugly but if you have photos with the time uh, stamp on them then that truly shows when the picture was taken Um, so just just some things to think about there and then what else I I would think about is um, everybody you know always is in such a rush when they're packing and for travel if you had a packing list or you know um, a food list or shopping you know I think of that like when I went to Hawaii obviously I I have to pack very efficiently so, so I need to know what grocery stores are around there what shopping center you know how can I get beach attire? Those types of things. Do you have um, paddle boards and, you know, different things for me to do and my family to do while I'm there? Those type of, of things, the, the commodities and the entertainment, restaurants, et cetera, that are around that area, I think those are crucial to know, not only once your guests have rented, but potential guests, because that is a big selling point for whether they're going to pick you over someone else. Again, um, remember back to what I was saying about the relationship I had with, with the person that I have in the condo and that, that um, deep relationship, that's what you're after. I mean, I will every time rent her condo over and over again, and I will gladly recommend it to all of my friends. And that's what you want to have. Imagine if you had 10, 20, 30 people like me, that we're doing that, there's your word of mouth advertising. You you could literally fill your vacation rental the entire year through word of mouth if you had a few key people that you had built that deep relationship with. So really, every single person that comes into your property, treat them, put every single thing into treating them like royalty, ensuring their stay is fantastic, and that's your raving fan. Exactly, exactly. And maybe I didn't finish off on that lead magnet too good. I I got into it and then about the raving fan. Um, But, you know, so the lead magnet, a downloadable, a, um, what am I trying to say, an infographic, you know, any of those types of video, any of those types of things. um, And then they put in their name and email address and they get that immediately. And then you build the relationship with them through email and give them the tips. And I mean, I'm thinking, Hawaii, if you've never been there before, wouldn't it be nice to have a little video tour of some of the places? That would be cool. And you could build the relationship and you could tell it from your point of view. You know, we've lived here for five years and this is my favorite spot. This is my favorite spot to go see the sunrise or this is my favorite spot to go see the sunset. And when you're showing them and you're telling them in your voice, it's just like podcasting that you build a real intimate connection with them, even though you've never seen them face to face. Really great advice. Thank you. And to to say it, to hear it from someone like you, who is such a, a customer of vacation rentals, really sort of hopefully will make people start to think. So if we're looking at those those likes and getting people, not the likes rather, getting the people's email addresses with the lead magnet, can that be done? Can they be collected through Facebook or are you sending people away from Facebook to collect those email addresses? It can be done both ways. If you do it on Facebook, you have to do it as a custom tab. You know, there's there's no real way to do it within Facebook, within the news feed. Um, so you'd have to do it through a custom tab, and you'd have to have a software that could interface with that custom tab and build that out for you. And a year ago, certainly two years ago, that was the only way to do it because people were very felt very safe in Facebook. They didn't want to be taken outside of Facebook. But when mobile started overtaking desktop, that was a game changer because what happens is those custom tabs don't show up on mobile. And now today, in today's world, especially for your audience, you're going to be having 60, 70, 80% of your traffic mobile. So if they can't ever see it, then that does no good. 
about a year, year and a half ago, I started taking people off of Facebook to um, put in their name and email address to a landing page. And that has been working very well for me. And I continue to do that today and just do it that way. Okay, so you actually prefer to use the feed on your page or the information on the page rather than that custom tab. And within that information on that page, you send them away to a squeeze page to collect that email address and to give them your gift. Exactly. Yeah. When you when you put in the URL of your landing page, then it's going to populate in the field in the newsfeed. And right. And so doing that, then um, if you have a picture there, you can do a picture and it does a link so that anywhere they click on the picture or the headline or the text, it takes them to that landing page. That's how you want to set it up. Okay, so that's moving forwards, knowing that mobile is becoming more and more important, especially I've been reading statistics this week about bookings online as well. So it's it's interesting that we're touching on it, certainly for Facebook too. So use it, the use of mobile is becoming more and more prevalent. So really, you need to be using that feed and sending people away from Facebook. But whilst within Facebook, so people who are on a, a desktop, a PC or a Mac, do you still use your custom tab as well? I don't. Um, I haven't tested it for a while. Last time I tested it, it was, um, you know, it was not a substantial difference. Now, it used to be if you kept them on Facebook, then there was a significant difference in your conversions and your cost of those conversions. Um, but then it got to a point where people were comfortable going off of Facebook. I Every once in a while, I like to go back and test it. I wish I could give you that recent data, but I just haven't tested it for a while, so I can't really, okay. you know, give you that data. Okay, that's fine. But as long as people have got mobile in mind, we're at least doing our best for, for the future. So I think... I think talking about the paid advertising, which which we touched on earlier, if we go back to that now, I think people are a little bit scared of giving the paid ads a go because I don't think they know really really where to start. But do you think so long as you start with the end in mind and definitely a strict budget, would you, you know, would you just give it a go or would you suggest maybe getting help from, from someone such as yourself that knows exactly what they're doing? Um, I would say that if you don't know anything what you're doing, um, you might go ahead and, and get some help, definitely. But that being said, you know, when you do get help, make sure that the person helping you knows the whole flow because it you can't just throw up an ad and run it and hope for it to work. You really need to have the whole entire funnel planned out from your offer to um, your your lead page to the ad itself and how that all flows. And you nailed it, you know, when, when you first started this um, particular topic, when you said start with the end in mind. That's what I always tell people. Start with the end in mind. What's your goal? Are we – is our goal to get leads? Is our goal to get engagement? Is our goal to um, get, you know, likes? What What is our goal? And then that is our goal. That's what we're going to measure. And if we get other things along the ride, then that's just gravy. You know, for example, if our goal is to get opt-ins and that's what we're measuring, but we happen to get some page likes along the way, then great. But our goal, what we're focusing everything on and what we're measuring are those opt-ins. Does that make sense? Completely. Really, really well described for us. Thank you. And and I think, I think that that really shows that people might get a bit confused. They might go all in and start trying to throw lots and lots of money at it, but ultimately just end up with a lot of likes because they've maybe forgotten or not known the exact outcome that they want, which is, of course, to, to collect the email address to make sure that you can have future contact with them. Because as you clearly said to us, a like is not really worth anything because if Facebook were to go away, well, it's gone and all the work you've done. But if you've got an email address, then you can keep in touch and build a relationship with that person. So that's really good advice. Absolutely. It's starting to make it so clear. Thank you. You're welcome. 
So what do you think about the future of groups on Facebook? It's something that I use an awful lot now. In fact, I, I very rarely just go and scroll through, whereas I might have done before, what all my friends, etc., are doing. I go onto Facebook. I go in groups where I'm interested in stuff like the holiday homes, holiday lettings. Um, you and I are both in a mastermind. We use them for masterminds. Um, it's a great place for things like this. So what do you think about the future of, of groups on Facebook? Is there a way that we can use them to our advantage as holiday homeowners or as advertisers on Facebook? I think definitely groups are very powerful. It's because you build that community, you know. Just like in our mastermind, we have a tight-knit community there. And with the holiday homes or like I have a lot of gardening groups I go to, it's because you have that thing in common. So I think that is is definitely the power and the potential of groups on Facebook. And as far as holiday homeowners, what I'm thinking is, again, it, it just takes me to the experience. So what if everyone, what if you had a group that was just for the people renting, you know, out their homes and they just collaborated on ideas. I mean, think of a little virtual coffee shop where you got together and you all collaborated and said, oh, you know, I did this and it worked fantastic. And you could just generate ideas with each other. Now, you might want to do that region or locally. I don't know how how that part would play out, but I think if people stay open-minded and make it a sharing environment, that that could work really well. And I okay. know, um, I, I keep going back to this this lady I know with at the condo just because she's done it and done it so well. So if you're in a position like that where it's a condo and so you have multiple units all around, what she does is on the bulletin board, she posts her a picture and the information about her rental, and she gets a lot just from that, just from having it on the bulletin board right by the mailboxes where everybody is having to walk by. So think of, of that, places where um, people are going to have to walk by frequently and stop or slow down, and they can see the information. And that's offline. You can do the same thing online, and that's groups. If people are stopping in groups and having conversations, then you can enter into those conversations. On the other side of things, I'm I'm thinking, you know, from a customer point of view or from a guest point of view, what if we were we had a group and we were able to collaborate from our experiences, good and bad. I mean, that's one thing you got to think of. You always want to give the best service because that word of mouth and that virality can go either way. But as long as you've got a good property and you are giving great service, then you are going to go far. And back to back to the guest group. So if if a homeowner that was renting it out was the moderator or the creator of that group and then invited all their guests to share their experiences? Wouldn't that be like a guest book? Because every guest is not going to have the same experiences. They might find different things to do or different restaurants or have, you know, a different experience here and there. But if you had a group where you could share it all and share the pictures and kind of build the buzz and excitement, I think that would work. That's an incredible idea. Really good to hear it from the guest side of things as well. And it's really, really good. You didn't know that was going to happen when you had me on, did you? I didn't. <laughs> I'm getting double, triple value. It's amazing. <laughs> so say we've decided to go ahead and create one of those groups. How Do you know how we can get that group found? How can we tell people that we want to target about the group and then ultimately get them to join? Well, one of the best ways is to put in the tags and the categories and the keywords. So what I mean by that is when you set the group up and in the description, put those keywords of what people would be searching for and put those right in the descriptions. And then you can add tags to the group too. And then make sure you have the group open. If you have the group open, then it's going to be searchable and also other people will be able to approve people coming into the group. So that can be a good and bad thing. Um, I, in a scene like this, I would probably start with 
the open and then work from there. If it becomes a problem, then you can go closed where and you can control only you um, approving people to come into the group. But you have to keep on top of that. I think that's a key thing with groups. And, and I'm sure you've had this experience as well where you you have a group like our mastermind group where the moderator is in there all the time. They, they're keeping the group going. They're making sure spam's not going on in there. They're, they're doing all the right things to, to foster the community. And then there's other groups where no one is in there. No one is a leader in there. Spam's going on. You know, negative things are going on. All of that stuff's going on, and nobody wants to be a part of a group like that. Um, you know, it's just not sustainable. So I think from from a, a leadership standpoint, when you start that group, have the time commitment to really nurture that group and take care of it. Okay, so really take that take the same care of that group as you're taking of your guests as they come to their holiday home. Exactly. Because ultimately, you, yeah, it's the same outcome, isn't it? It's reviews, it's feedback, and you want that to be the best possible. Exactly. Okay. okay. Right. So an, another thing which might be quite useful on the other side of groups is say that we're actually targeting people who want to holiday in our specific area. Can you tell us a way how to find the, the little-known sort of fan pages to, tar- to, to use for our targeting? And there is no rhyme or reason how those come up in the interest groups. You know, sometimes I I wish I could figure out that algorithm that Facebook has used because sometimes you'll think, oh, this is a big page. They might have 100,000 likes or 100,000 fans. And then you go check the interest group and they don't come up. And then yet one that has maybe 7,000 or 10,000 actually comes up. So it's definitely not based on their authority or their likes. Um, So what I do, two ways that I do research, actually three ways that I do research for pages to target. One is just to use a Google search. So I'll I'll do um, like holiday home Facebook pages and actually put that into the Google search bar and let it bring back what it will. That being said, you can also, a lot of times when you put in keywords, Google will give you additional related words down at the bottom, so you can look at those. And why I put Facebook in there is um, to have Google do the heavy lifting and the hard work for me and sort through um, to the Facebook pages so that I can easily then go find those pages. And I literally, as as much of a tech background as I have and, you know, a, as much experience as I have, I still pull out a notepad when I do this research and I write down, I jot down notes of what ones that I like. Because what I'll do is I'll open those up in a new tab and I'll research them. Is, is, do they have a thriving community? Do they have, um, you know, a lot of likes? Is it does it look like it aligns with my particular niche and what's going on? If it does, I'll either copy and paste that URL into a notepad, um, and usually I jot it down too. So that's the Google search part, and I do that research there. And then I come into Facebook and I do use the graph search, which is essentially a lot like the Google search, but I can put in the graph search different terms. And also, if I find one page, like one main page, I can say um, pages liked by people who like page XYZ. You can actually put that search string in the graph search for Facebook, and it will give you all the pages that those people like. Did you know that? I've had a little go on it, but I am nowhere near as knowledgeable as you are. That's good advice that far. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... So then you can make your list of pages. And again, right at this point, I'm still just making list of pages and investigating them, seeing if there's activity on the page, how, you know, when was the last time they posted, how many likes they have, those types of things. Then the third way that I do it is uh, Facebook just recently, a few months ago, added in audience insights. And you can start putting in pages or start putting in demographics, or you can actually even upload your own email list or website custom audience or things like that into the audience insights and start to see some of the different um, 
demographics and different things about the different pages. So if you only focus on, let's say, families um, with men and women between age 25 and 40, then you can put that in and see which pages align with that demographic. Not only that, you could see um, which pages are more likely to click on ads. So if you're running ads, that's going to be a key metric that you're going to want to look at. You can also see other pages they've liked. So you you can really get into a deep research mode in there, and you can start dissecting and cross-sectioning all sorts of different demographics and information and metrics and pages and so on. Again, I have my list there. I make my list. So from those three sources, I've made my list of pages now what I have to do is I have to go into Facebook ads and start typing those pages into the interest to see what pops up. And then of those ones that pop up, what I do is copy and paste those into a notepad and save those for my different targeting groups. And that way, as I go to do ads, I just pull up my notepad of that targeting group and I can copy and paste and I'm on my way. So the biggest chunk of work comes in the beginning doing the research, but you do the research and you do it very deep research and efficiently like that and then have your your notepads or your note whatever you you know use then and save those, then you can just copy and paste. That's what makes the ads go very quickly after that point. That's incredible. I can't believe that Facebook give you that much information. That it actually it, it sets you up so that you can use your ads to your advantage rather than flailing around not really knowing where you're going. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of people have not, don't know about the audience insights or haven't taken the time to investigate it. Yeah, or maybe not even don't even know, don't really know how to apply the information they find there. Mm, that's another point. Very good point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you've given us a great insight there into how to, to go ahead and, and use that information. Okay, so let's move on to what I thought might be a, a good way was to maybe look at three scenarios that might help listeners understand the way the way forward, the way that they're going to, to go forwards in real time. So what is the fastest way, do you think, to grow an audience through Facebook without any marketing dollars in one month? I would say that, you know, the number one fastest way would, with no marketing dollars whatsoever, is a contest. You know, if you have a contest and it's, it's something that people are excited about, you make it creative and fun and engaging and then have the prize be something that's completely aligned with your niche, with your products or services, then you can you can work off the virality of that and get your page grown and your list grown through that method. That would be the number one way I would do if I had no advertising bu- budget at all. That's a great, great idea. Do you run those on your page or do you use something that, that links in, like we were saying earlier, like a lead pages or something like that to, to run the contest? There's a variety of different platforms out there. You, you've got um, like WooBox, you've got Contest Domination, you've got um, Heyo. All, all of those have contests built into them. So you can use those. And, and the key thing to look at is that virality piece. You know, how is that built into that contest platform? Is it easy for people to get additional entries, additional points for sharing it? That's what you want to focus in on because that's what increases the virality of it. If they share it, more people are going to know about it. If they have to share it to get more entries, then they're going to want to do that. And if you make it super easy for them to do and fun, then there you go. You have it. You know, it's no problem for them just to click a button and share something that they believe in. It's a fun process and they have a chance to win something. Really amazing ideas. Great. Thank you. So let's think about the same thing. So the fastest way to grow an audience through Facebook, but with spending marketing dollars. So, you know, if if you're 
and you didn't really define audience as such. Um, and we haven't really touched on this, so I'll do it now as far as the likes. You know, we talked about that Facebook could go away tomorrow and you don't own those fans or those likes. But what happens, depending on your niche, if you need social proof and authority, those likes can make a huge difference for you. You know, if you're in a niche where no one else in your niche has less than 10,000 likes and you try to come in with 100 likes, then that's going to be a clear difference and you're going to need to offset that with a like campaign. And you can do that. My favorite way to do a like campaign is find what my target audience likes and then you simply say, Click like if you love XYZ. For like I what I use a lot of times is entrepreneur. Love being an entrepreneur? Click like if you love being an entrepreneur. It's a easy you know, you don't have to stop and think about it. Yeah, I love being an entrepreneur. Boom, click the like button. Um so for your particular niche, I mean for vacation rental, click like if you love going to Hawaii. Boom. You know, <laughs> things like that you can do to so, build up your page your likes. If if you're in a position where you have no likes or you're in a position where you need to raise your likes up just to be on the same level with everyone else in your niche. Really, really good advice. It's, it's, you make it sound so simple, whereas a lot of people are coming from a, I have no idea what I'm doing with Facebook now uh, sort of background just for you to make it as simple as make the advert say, if you like this, click, and you, you're on your way. I mean, it's really, uh, you put it really, really well. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I also have a teaching background, so that comes into play a lot. Oh, okay. It's all making sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, so the next question, if you were to start a new online business today, what are three Facebook strategies you would use to grow your audience? If I was to start a brand new business today, right? Yeah, yeah. So what I like to do is a, a three-pronged approach. So I would build my likes doing just what I, how I told you, like if you love. Then I would also post great content, and that content needs to be a mixture. You know, you need to have about 80% be educational, entertaining, fun, a little bit of personal in there, and then 20% promotional. That that should be your split. And what you want to do is find things that are very viral already. I love Post Planner for this because they already sort the post, the the pictures and the posts that are getting the most engagement. So you can just piggyback off of that, and that can be part of your 80%. And you don't even have to boost those posts, and I shouldn't even say boost. I want to talk about that boost post here in a second um, and why you should avoid that. Um, but you don't even have to pay to get any reach or engagement on those posts that have already proven to be viral. So use those, and then for your promotional post, then you go in and do page post engagement ads directly to those posts on your page to your target audience. That's a key thing, too. Identify your target audience, make sure you know who that is, and then um, drill down through the methods that Facebook gives you in the advertising platform to hit just that target audience. So that's two, the likes and the engagement. And then the third thing I do is build my list. You know, figure out what the best lead magnet is for my particular audience, for my niche, and then build it out with, you mentioned lead pages earlier. That is a great, easy um, platform to be able to build out a quick landing page and tie it into your autoresponder and then just start collecting those names and email addresses and Here's what I see people do, too. They collect the names and email addresses, but then they don't follow up with them. You've got to follow up with them and continue building that relationship. Having uh, following online is no different than having a store and having people in your store. You want to build that relationship with them. You want to um, help them understand 
understand whatever problem they're having and how your product or service can provide the solution for the, the challenge or frustration that they're having. Does that Thank make you? Yeah, that yeah, very much so. And I think it's sort of drawn on some of the things that we've we've talked about and has maybe put it into context of how people can actually apply it now. So thank you. That's absolutely great. Sure. And I want to hit that boost post real quick before we go on. So, yes, please. Yeah. So Facebook has made that super, super easy for people just to hit that boost post and boost their post. But when you do that, now they've added some things in where you can do some targeting and you can you can set some parameters in there that you didn't used to be able to. But when you strictly just hit the boost post, what they do is they show it to the fans of your page and also your friends or the friends of the fans of your page. But if you go into the back end, into the ads manager dashboard and take a look, what they end up doing is showing about 90 to 95% to the friends of your fans, not your actual fans. So you're boosting the post to people that may or may not be in your ideal target market. It's people who are just friends with people who are fans of your page. Does that make sense? So, so Completely. Yeah. So, you know, what I find out a lot of times is it's just essentially a waste of ad dollars. And when people come to me and they say, you know, Facebook ads stink, they don't work at all. I ask them, you know, what their experience was, what they were doing. And most of the time, that's what they've been doing. They've been boosting the post and not seeing any results. Okay. And because Facebook are putting that right in front of you, you think, oh, that's an easy way to go. Yeah, and, and you go, and yeah, and that's your wasted money. That's your wasted money. It's an money. easy okay. way for Facebook to put ad dollars in their pocket. Right, understood. So steer clear of the boost post button. It's not good. It's not our friend. <laughs> so final question, and uh, then we'll find out how to get in touch with you. So what is the what would you say is the best way to position a new offer for for sale or for, for a product for sale in at Facebook? So let's say the, the business has already been providing all kinds of great value and they're now in selling mode for a new offer. I think that, you know, again, selling from Facebook direct to a sale usually doesn't work. Um the only ways that I've seen that work is if you're providing some type of discount. So if you're offering a, you know, significant discount or a coupon, uh, coupon code or something like that, then you can go from an ad to the direct sale. But if that's not the case, you still need to nurture them through the process. So ways to do that. You know, you could have a webinar and then on the webinar, you're talking directly with them and then offer the sale, the product or service for sale at the back end of the webinar or to uh, come on a call with you. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it would be, you know, through an email autoresponder follow-up. So you've got their name and email address for the lead magnet, and now you take them through maybe a series of four or five videos. And then on the last video, you make the offer for the sale. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you need to be a little more creative and it has to be a little more in depth of a funnel versus you just going, oh, I've got product A to sell right now. Let me slap it up on Facebook. That's not going to work. You've got to say, oh, I've got this product that I want to sell. And maybe I pull out little pieces of that product, little snippets of pieces that I can essentially take people by the hand and pull them along, showing them each little piece until I get them to the point where they're like, oh, of course I want this. Where do I buy it? Where, where can, here's my card. Will you just take it? I mean, that's, that's the point you want to get to. And you do that through building that relationship and answering their questions and pulling them along. The, the number one thing you can do is Find out what their exact challenges and frustrations are and then have a product or service that solves that. Got it. So that's it's it's really there's there's nothing that's just throw it out there and it's going to work. You have to put the effort in. You have to put the research in. You have to make sure that you are 
offering the right offer or the right solution to the right person. And that can take a series of steps rather than just slinging something out there and saying, hey, I've got this thing and just expecting people to come to you. It just doesn't work like that. No, it sure doesn't. You know, we've got we've gotten much smarter as consumers. And and um, we really you've probably heard about the like, no, or the no like and trust cycle. And that really yeah. is true. You know, people first have to get to know you. And then they have to decide whether they like you or not. And then they have to decide whether they trust you or not. And that's, those are the levels that you're bringing people through. Now, some people can bring people through that, those levels quicker than others just in their, you know, actions and their demeanor and their personality. Other people, it takes multiple touch points. They have to see over and over and over again that you're doing what you're saying, you're you're clear in your communication, you know, you're not having any weird things going on. And I, I have that happen over and over again where people are like, oh, my gosh, this person has been following me for a year and now they're finally buying from me. So it, it, it's not to say it's always going to take a year. You know, some people aren't going to take that long. But I guess my point is never give up and always, always, always go back to that relationship and deepening that relationship at whatever point they're at. Think of think of your funnel as this huge, wide opening at the top, and that's where Facebook is happening. You're getting all these targeted people in that wide opening at the top, and then through your communication and your interactions, whether that be, you know, your email communication, the groups we talked about, all of those interactions, you're filtering them down to the people that are trusting you and that have a need that your product or service can solve. That's a great way to close things down because you've really laid it out from start to finish. So, Valerie, thank you so much for really giving us a huge insight into Facebook and how it can actually work. I think um, I've gone from a position where I know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, but you've really sewn it all together. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to come and speak to us today. You're so welcome. I enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it myself. So, Valerie, give us an idea how we can get in touch with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure, no problem. So probably one of the best ways to get in touch with me is actually go to valsfanpage.com. That goes direct to my Facebook um, page. So, again, that's valsfanpage.com. And, of course, there's valerieshootman.com as well. Fantastic. And she's got hundreds and thousands of likes on that Facebook page, as you would well imagine. <laughs> I've been and had a good look. I follow you all the time. So Great. it's been immense to speak to you, Valerie. I can't thank you enough and uh, hugely valuable takeaways. And as we said earlier, double value because you're a vacation rental guest yourself. So we've had an insight to, to what it's like to be a guest. So really huge thanks. Oh, you're <laughs> so welcome. So welcome. Well, take care, Valerie. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Bye now. Bye. Bye.